Okay, <clears throat> let's get started back in our class. And of course, we're looking at uh, Ahava Hesed, uh, the love of of doing good. I guess is the best way to say it. But <clears throat> we've been looking at over the last few weeks, <clears throat> since uh, Hesed is not really uh, one of the seven laws of Noah. The first thing that we had to point out was that even though it's not a law. It certainly is part of the makeup of all humanity. In other words, there is a obligation. Now, that's, it's a little bit different than doing a mitzvot. Mitzvot, I guess the easiest way to say it is that mitzvot actually has a halakhic system attached to doing a mitzvah. Whereas an obligation may not exactly have the same idea attached to it, not a halakhic procedure. On the other hand, if one is going to fulfill an obligation, then that individual also has to learn the halakha in regards to fulfilling that obligation. So it's, 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 uh, quite interesting. <laughs> Uh, and I hope that for the people that are joining into the class uh, and listening to the uh, lectures over uh, a CD or whatever uh, means or media that you have, that you will understand this, I guess, is the best way I can say it. it, it we spent, I think, the first three weeks actually just making the point clear that B'nai Noah does have an obligation uh, to participate in Hesed. Now, of course, the Kovitz Kind's book that we're using is our textbook. Uh, and I did say last week that I was going to throw in a promotion for another book. So let me point that one out to you. It's uh, called A Portion of Kindness. Uh, it is said to be a weekly portion of Chesed. And by and it's by Roslyn Saltzman. Uh, I'm going to hold it up here in front of the camera so you can kind of get a look at the outside of it, and then we'll talk about it just a little bit and briefly. I think everybody can see that portion of kindness, a Roslyn Saltzman. Uh, in this book, if you and I hope that you do, because you can learn so much by going through the part of the weekly reading. And as you go through these weekly readings, this little book is kind of handy in some sense. Uh, because basically the only thing that it does in the Parsha is that it actually points out to you the acts of Chesed in each Parsha section. So maybe some of the acts of Chesed are not so clear to you. Uh, but this book it allows you to see those those actual things. Now, again, it's, a por it's a <coughs> referred to the title of it as a por portion of kindness. Uh, the subtitle is a weekly portion of Chesed by, by Roslyn Saltzman. And let me find the publisher here for you. I think you can probably find it online. <coughs> if I'm not if I remember correctly, I think I got this through Feldman uh, publication. It's actually the publication is actually printed in Israel. It's Melik publication, but I think uh, if you get online, you can find it. And it either came from Feldman, 
uh, or it came from Art Scroll. So let me show it to you again so you can get a picture. So if you go <coughs> and you pull a picture of it up, you can you can see it. Okay. <coughs> it's an excellent little book to go through the weekly partial readings with. And that way, if you don't see these acts of chesed or kindness, uh, then she'll have point those out as you go along in your in your partial reading for the week. <coughs> Excuse me, and I would totally suggest that everyone uh, participate in the weekly. Excuse me, yeah, the weekly partial reading. Um, you know that you finish the Torah within within the year, uh, and, and you will find it very enlightening in, in certain sections. Okay. Now back to our study in Ava Hesed by the Kofitz Kind. We're using his textbook uh, basically because it's a really concise way of looking at what Chesed is and how we are to fulfill that. Now I did say at the beginning we probably won't follow the exact format of the book. Uh, we will skip around uh, uh, from this section of the introduction. We're actually going to skip to somewhere else in a few minutes. But let's finish the introduction up. Now, so far in the introduction, what we have seen is that we have individuals, pre-Sinai, that fulfill the acts of chesed. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, one of the first ones, actually, that we saw involved in performance of chesed was actually Noah's sons. And, and then later on, of course, Abraham, uh, and other individuals that perform these acts of chesed. Uh, we know, for example, that Abraham actually took upon himself the performance of chesed uh, in his way of serving Hashem. So chesed is something that's very important. And remember also that this, this idea of ahava chesed, the love of chesed, comes from uh, one of the, we call them minor prophets, doesn't mean what they say, is less than a major prophet it just means they didn't write a whole lot but in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 we are told he has told you and I would suggest by the way that you read this verse in context uh, uh, of Micah chapter 6 it will make a lot more sense to you if you go back and do that <clears throat> but he says he has told you O man what is good and what does God require of you but to act justly to love Hesed and walk humbly with your God. Uh, now, of course, uh, you have to look at the context in which that, that statement comes from. But this is the idea that inspired, uh, we might say, maybe inspired this book, Ahava Hesed. The love of Hesed, not just Hesed, but there has to be this concept, this idea of love of this a beneficent act on the part of human beings. And so, so far in the introduction, and we had gotten to page, I believe, 28, but let's just kind of go back to 27 and uh, do a very, uh, again, another short review before we take off. Okay. Uh, he tells us, it is written in the Torah, this is point number one, by the way, it is written in the Torah in Devarim chapter 15 verse 9, Beware lest there be a base thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the seventh year of release at hand. The Sephiri here remarks that beware and lest can introduce a negative commandment, hence two negative commandments, order us not to abstain from lending to our neighbor 
in need for the fear of the Shemitah ordinance uh, remitting debts. Scripture has termed the person guilty of such a conduct of Belial all, simply a, a base person, and certainly when a person has the capacity to do good to another and he does not stand to lose his money, the sin of closing his fist against lending to his neighbor is all the greater. So if one has the ability to perform acts of chesed and he does not, we see that we've already transgressed two commandments. Then he says, occasionally, number two, by refraining from doing a favor, one transgresses the negative commandment, you shall not take vengeance. For instance, and this is a big one that most people find very difficult sometimes. <clears throat> For instance, he had previously asked a favor of someone, either a loan of money or the like, and the other person had failed to help him. Now that the other person comes to him for a favor and he gains his revenge, repaying that person by refusing to help in this case by refraining from doing a favor, the person transgresses the commandment, Leviticus 19.18, uh, you shall not take revenge. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I hope it is anyway. He says, if through this hatred of that person he spreads report in the city that the other person is not reliable, there by discouraging others from granting the loan that persons requires, he transgresses all the more. So if a guy approaches you, of course, and maybe you've been approached by him before, and he refused you, but if he approaches you, then it's not your job to refuse him. Uh, and also, by the way, it's not your job to go around spreading to people, uh, other people, that you should refuse him. And what he says, if you do this, he, he transgresses all the more. In addition to violating the two prohibitions against taking revenge and bearing a grudge, he transgresses the commandment forbidding slander. Lashon uh, Hora, which is just, you know, basically we say the evil tongue. Since here he attacks a person's very life. Uh, and he's referring us to another book, by the way, by the Kofit's kind. And he says, furthermore, even if he had helped that other person, but rebuked him by saying, I am not like you, you did not help me. So you can't even make those statements. He violates the prohibition, you shall bear no grudge. Well, gee, you know, the moment that uh, somebody approaches you, uh, that you had approached before, and you say, well, gee, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not like you, I'm going to go ahead and help you out. Well, it is just blatantly apparent that this individual is holding a grudge against that individual and we are told in the Torah you shall hold or you shall okay Andy I'm sorry I'm getting bounced around here apparently <laughs> uh, can you hear me okay okay anyway we, we, we lost a little bit there let's go back uh, again, Leviticus 19.18 says, You shall bear no grudge. And since he has shown here that he still harbors the hate in his heart, how does he demonstrate that? Because he said, I'm not like you. Uh, you did not help me. But obviously he indicates that he is going to help him, but he's still bearing a grudge, <clears throat> even though he is going to help him. And what he says is, he says, He should erase his ill feelings and live with a perfect heart, reflecting all that the affairs of this world are vain and worthless, not important enough to arouse the desire of revenge and grudges. And that's probably the most difficult thing for people to do, is to realize that 
most of what goes on around us are really, in the long run, I mean the very long run, it's just kind of emptiness, vain, and in reality it's worthless. Now, number three, he says, if the person who asks for a loan is liable to be in danger if his request is refused, if he needs the money to prevent robbers uh, attacking him, to prevent robbers attacking him, then whoever refused to help in such a case would violate the additional prohibition of Leviticus 19.16, neither shall you stand idly by the blood of your neighbor. Well, that's pretty straightforward. I don't think we have too many problems with that, or at least understanding that. I hope not. <clears throat> now he says, Here we have been warned against remaining indifferent to our friend when his life is in danger, and we have the means to save him in one way or another. Furthermore, according to the uh, the Makilla, cited by the Rambam in Sefer Hamitzvot number 297, this prohibition always, uh, excuse me, also applies to the case when one is aware of something which might cause loss to his neighbor, and he is able to prevent it. If he fails to help, he commits the transgression. This applies to our case too. If one knows that his friend, rich or poor, is liable to incur a substantial loss, as happened nowadays when a loan falls due, as is well known, and by loan given now, we can save his friend. If he fails to help, he violates this prohibition. And so there are many prohibitions uh, that can be violated, by the way, of not performing chesed. He says, now we shall go on and we shall enumerate the positive commandments, which uh, the person who does refrains from doing chesed is liable to transgression. Now, I think this is where we actually left off, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, from last week. So we've looked at the negative commandments that one violates by not performing chesed. Let's, now he, he begins to point out to us the positive commandments that we also violate. He says he violates the, the commandment of the Torah in Devarim chapter 20 and verse 9, and you shall walk in his ways. Now this one is really... Uh, meant not only for the people of Israel, and I, and, and I know this is a commandment that's found in the Torah, but all of humanity has an obligation to emulate uh, to emulate God, the Creator of the universe. If the Creator of the universe performed the first act of Chesed, and what was that first act? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Creation itself, exactly. So the very first act of of our Creator is the creation, and it's an act of Chesed. Uh, and again, that that begins the the whole concept. So if indeed our Creator begins with an act of Chesed. Uh, creation itself, and, and when we say creation, which means uh, our own selves, uh, because we are indeed a created thing, and if we follow the the Lord God of Israel, then it is our obligation also to emulate His ways. 
And so in the Torah, the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 28 verse 9, and you shall walk in his ways, and he says, we are obligated by this overall injunction to follow the attributes of God, all of which consist in doing good to others. As Kazal has laid down in Tractate Soto 14a, as he is merciful, so you be merciful. As he is gracious, so you be gracious. And so in reference to the other virtues as well. In other words, if we went back to uh, Shemot and Moshe Rabinu was asking God some questions. And God was being gracious and kind in uh, not just asking questions, but he was a actually asking God to do some things. And as Moshe Rabbeinu was asking God to do these things, God was being very gracious in uh, allowing these. Uh, he says, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And one of the questions, though, however, that Moshe Rabbeinu poses to the Creator, he says, uh, in an English translation, he says, show me thy glory. <clears throat> now this one, God doesn't acquiesce to. And in fact, what we have in the text, he says, no man <clears throat> can see my face and live. Uh, so, uh, actually, uh, uh, glory in this sense uh, is also understood as face. So the real reality is, is what did Moses ask? Moses is asking uh, the big question about his essence in some sense of why do you do what you do? Now, even though God doesn't give Moshe Rebunu uh, that. In fact, he says it's impossible to do that because if I do, then you're going to die. A human being just can't grasp that. But what he does say, he says, I will show you my hinder parts. Now, we're not talking about anything physical here. <laughs> I know a lot of people when they read that text, oh, you know, Moses saw the backside of, of, of God. No, because in the text, we are told that God takes Moshe, places him in the Hazor, the rock, the, the cleft of the rock, by the way, uh, the cleft of the Hazor, and and then as he passes by, and of course this is all in, in a prophetic way, and God declares unto him uh, 13 different, we call them attributes, but really they're better understood maybe as, some people call them attributes, some people refer to them as qualities, uh, I'd rather actually refer to them as behaviors. Uh, I think I saw someone that actually refers to them that way, but uh, but behaviors is the better understanding because if we say attributes, then maybe we might uh, think about pulling one of those out and say that's all that he is, like a lot of people do. You know, some people say, well, God is love, or God is this, or God is that, and the moment that you do that, then you have you have limited God to something. And you're trying to tell me that 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 is its essence, and we've already been told, at least in foreign Moshe Rabbeinu, that no man can really know its essence, not in, at least in the while he's in the physical body. So basically, if we actually look at the things that he informs us in that section in Shemot, he is actually telling us his behavior, how he behaves toward creation, how he behaves uh, toward human beings. And in doing so, he tells us that uh, that he is righteous, that he is just, uh, 
that he is merciful. Uh, so we get a list of 13 ways in which God basically behaves toward uh, creation. One of those ways, of course, is chesed, the idea that he gives to us. But I guess the real point is, at least from our perspective is, that not only should we be merciful as he is merciful, not only should we be gracious as he is gracious, but we should <clears throat> take all of those virtues, those those behaviors, uh, might ref some people might even refer to them as midot, uh, but then they become characteristic traits, and I don't know if we can actually make that analysis in relationship to Hashem, but those are the things that we should adapt within our own lives, that we should be able to act in the same way. Now he goes on to say, by the way, back in the book now, the Rambam has quoted the entire passage in Sefer HaMitzvot, number 8. The mitzvah of walking in the ways of Hashem is repeated eight times in Devirim alone, as he explained in the foreword of the book. You know, I always say if God says something one time, we should really kind of, really take note, right? But if God says something eight times, we should really get the hint that this is something that is very important and that every individual should take notice and begin to take on these behaviors uh, and behave that way. Okay? So eight times he says this, right? Eight times he talks about the mitzvah of walking in the ways of Hashem. Now, on the other hand, he says, whoever refrains from doing good to his fellow man without just cause transgresses the positive commandment which God has many times ordered us to obey. So eight times he says that we should do this. Uh, so if we fail to, and again he says that we should do good to our fellow man without just cause, uh, what would be a just cause, by the way? Okay. He tells us <clears throat> uh it's it's the uh, first you know, the first paragraph number one on page twenty nine. He says, Whoever nice statement, right? Whoever refrains from doing good to his fellow man without just cause transgresses the positive commandment which God has many time times ordered us to obey. So my question is when would there, or is there, a just cause uh, from doing good to our fellow man? I'm so used to typing up without a microphone. Uh, I think uh, one specific instance uh, that would be just cause to not do good to someone is if in doing so it could somehow bring harm to you or could bring harm to the person you're doing. What do you think? Well, the, 
that's probably one of the first points that I bring up maybe. What if somebody approached you uh, about a loan? And, you know, it's, it's the fact that you've got the money to make the loan. But in doing so, what if it takes away uh, from yourself or from your family? Uh, then I think it, it, you can't make the loan. Uh, so there, but there has to be a very just cause as to why that you would neglect somebody that's approached you in making or, or asking for a loan. So you have to be very careful. You have to study chesed. You have to study the Torah to find out when is it possible to have a just cause. Uh, I remember going to a lot of weddings, you know, when the ministers would always say, uh, does anyone know a cause why these two should not be joined together or, or, or they would say a just cause I'm sorry uh, and, and I dare say most of the people in the crowd probably do not understand what it means when he asks that question is there a just cause why these two should not be joined together in holy matrimony uh, if we stop and think for a minute, we can come up with all kinds of just cause reasons why they should not. Uh, you got any, Andy? A just cause for why two people should not get married? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Uh, you know, when we talk about just cause, we have to understand what does the Torah say about laws of marriage? You know, who can, who cannot. So if we say if somebody's saying, does anyone know of a just cause why these two should not be joined together in holy matrimony? Uh, you know, you can't stand up and say, well, I know she doesn't love him. I know he's only she's out for his money. Or I know that he's only concerned because he's only married because she looks so-and-so. And when she gets old and maybe her looks go away, he's not going to do that anymore. But what is really a just cause is what I'm asking. Oh, well... Uh, you know, perhaps the bride is already married, or perhaps they are uh, brother and sister. I mean, those are very just causes not to marry, because in doing so, uh, they would be uh, violating the Torah. Exactly. Now, those are just causes. Uh, a cause where you have a prohibition in the Torah that says they're not allowed to do this and so when we talk about just cause in relationships to performing acts of chesed we have to be very clear as what kind of what kind of cause is that uh, it can only be a cause generally we would say that is defined specifically by the Torah in other words uh, and and working that out by the way so when somebody comes and asks us to do an act of chesed for them, uh, we can't reframe, right? Or we shouldn't reframe. Uh, and the only way that we can reframe is having a just cause, okay? And if we don't have a just cause, then as the Kofis kind points out to us, that we transgress the positive commandment which God has many times ordered us to obey. And what is that commandment? To walk in his ways. Okay? Number two. 
one further violates the specific scriptural commandment to perform acts of chesed for an Exodus or Shemot chapter 18 verses 20 and you shall show them the way wherein they must walk where the way is taken by Chazal uh, and remember this is uh, when we say Chazal this is the uh, the majority of the Talmudic commentators and this is in tractate Baba comma 99b and also in Baba Metzia 30b to indicate chesed so in the sense of how do you understand this text in Exodus and Shemot 1820 uh, you shall show them the way well what is he talking about well the commentators of the Talmud understand this text specifically the words the way they understand that to be indicative of chesed. Now he goes on to say, the inference is derived from the definite article the. In other words, it's not just a way, but it's specifically. In other words, there would be a hey in front of the word, which would indicate that it is not just a way or any way, it is the way. And he goes on to say, which has no specific reference and must therefore signify the well-trodden path along which our forefather Avraham walked and whose entire life was bound up in the virtue of chesed as everyone knows. This admonition includes all the types of kindness arising in personal relationship, also the gemluth chesed extended with one's person visiting the sick, burying the dead, and so forth, as is explained in the Gomorrah, nor is it with chesed performed with one's possession, but by means excluded from this rule. Okay? Now number three. This is probably uh, maybe about as far as we're going to get today. Time is flying by, I guess. Uh, number three. Now again, we're still talking about what commandments do we violate? Now the real question, I think, for us as B'nai Noah since we don't really have a commandment for the seven, uh, for chesed under the seven mitzvot, even though it seems like, at least from the commentators, since uh, Shem and Yapeth performed an act of kindness by covering up Noah when he was in his drunken state, that they have taken this this mitzvah uh, upon themselves. Well, if that's true, then we certainly have to know the laws. And if we have taken the mitzvah upon ourselves, or at least we should take the mitzvah upon ourselves, then we have to know the laws. And if we've taken it upon ourselves, then we'd certainly be in violation of it when we break those laws. So not only do you break uh, prohibitions, negatives, but as he points out, you can also break positive laws. And this is number three in the hit parade of breaking positive laws. If a poor man has become financially unstable and alone might strengthen his position, stave off ruin and save him from dependency on charity, then the person who refuses to give such a loan transgresses another commandment of the Torah as we find in Leviticus 25.35 and if your brother be wax and poor and his means fail, fall with you, you shall strengthen him even if he is a stranger and a settler. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, 
uh, obligation to whom? Even if he's a what? A stranger and a settler. He shall live with you. Scripture admonishes again in verse 36, And your brother shall live with you. We have accordingly been obligated by this positive commandment to strengthen the hand of our brother who has become poor, to grant him a gift or loan, to enter into partnership with him, or else to provide him with, excuse me, with employment, not unemployment, with employment, so that he might be self-supporting and not suffer financial ruin, becoming dependent on charity. Whoever abstains from providing the proper succor or the proper help violates this positive mitzvah. So again, we're finding that as we go through these many, many laws that deal with the, the, the concept of chesed, what we have saw so far is that in not performing acts of chesed, we can violate negative commandments, prohibitions, and now we're finding out that we actually violate positive pro, uh, positive commands also. So chesed is something, again, that flows from the beginning, the very beginning, by the way, as, as God creates the, the first act of chesed is actually the creation of the universe, uh, and you as an individual, uh, and if we understand that that comes as a favor of Hashem, then we also are expected to perform that and that's why it says when he says we should emulate him when he is gracious we should be gracious when he is merciful uh, we should act in the same way okay uh, point number four and I don't know if we want to get into this or not we'll probably pick up here next week uh, to talk about it because I don't know if we're going to have enough time to finish it up or not so I'll tell you what let's just go ahead and close out the class for today I don't want it's doing any, but I'm getting bumped here occasionally, so just bear with me, okay? Uh, so let's just go ahead and, and uh, close it out for today, and God willing, we'll pick up uh, back in our study of Ahava Chesed, uh, and we're using the textbook by Coach Kind, but what we find is that this idea is consistently spread throughout the entire Tanakh. Uh, and understanding, by the way, also that the very first act that uh, Hashem does for us is an act of chesed. And we are at least, uh, if not commanded, we are obligated to walk in His ways. And, of course, one of those ways is chesed. Uh, and we're looking at if we don't walk in His ways and don't follow the idea of chesed, then we are violating negative commandments as well as positive commandments and so far we've seen three of those uh, I think we looked at two negative commandments or let me see now now we actually said there were, that there's a violation of three uh, negative commandments and now uh, and we'll be looking God willing next week at the violation of the fourth positive commandment so I think from these we can see how important it is that every individual performs acts of chesed uh, and hopefully as we go through this class we'll find out uh, what how can we perform chesed uh, does it always involve money or sometimes does it just involve our person 
and once we find out there's <clears throat> things that we probably do that we don't really think about as being acts of chesed or kindness uh, but but indeed they are so uh, if there's no questions or comments I'll tell you we'll go ahead and close this week out and God willing we'll pick up uh, in our study of uh, um, Ahava Hesed by the Kofitz Kaim and we'll pick up on page 30 where we left off at we still had not got the introduction uh, but we're not in a hurry we just want to uh, take all this in try to analyze it, digest it, and then put it into practice in our own lives because the practicality is what we really are shooting for. Uh, the theoretical we're looking at, but then how do we put it into practice in our own lives? That's the real issue. So, uh, any questions, <coughs> excuse me, any questions or comments? Okay, Andy doesn't have any this week. Well, I'm sure that you will as we go along. Uh, but uh, since you've got the book, and I assume that you have, uh, you can read ahead. And I'll tell you, let me just make a statement here. That uh, from the introduction, which we will finish, like I said, God willing, next week, we will jump a little bit, Andy. And where we're going to jump to is... Let me go ahead and tell you in case you might want to read ahead a little bit further. We're going to jump to section 2, which is on page 77. And it's in chapter 1, and it says, Chesed Explained. So if you want to maybe read, we're actually going to jump from this section to that section. And then after we do that, then we're going to kind of come back and start looking uh, at some of the laws and how we should perform those laws. Okay, so if there's no questions or comments, then we'll go ahead and close out. And like I said, God willing, we'll see you next week.